It's now time to enter the sports zone with your host, Bob Kemp. And they work out of an empty set. It's Jackson with a shovel pass. It's Andrews for the touchdown. His fourth catch of the drive. And Baltimore strikes first. And he will take the direct snap. And Henry will run it inside the five into the end zone for a touchdown. But there is a flag down. Did he get to the right spot? There is no foul of the play. Ruling the field is a touchdown. On first and goal. Keeper. Richardson in the end zone. There's the Gator touchdown. Borderline pitch. One and two. Bam. Broken bat. Down the line. Ferrets headed for the corner. Marte's on the run. They're going to send him around third. Here he comes. He will score. Tommy Pham gives the D-backs the lead. Broken bat and all. The one-two to Ezekiel Tovar. Popped it up. Marte backing out into right center. Here comes Corbin Carroll. He's got it. And the Diamondbacks have got the win. They get five in the ninth to come back and take it eight to five. And even this series at one game apiece. And Tom Candiotti, after 120 games in this 2023 season, the Diamondbacks are 560 and 60. Schmoozing in the outfield. And uh, man, that was quite a pretty outfield pitch. Swung on and hit in the air to deep center. Back goes Bader on the track at the wall. She's gone. A three-run blast for Marcel Ozuna. Just a little bit left of dead center field and into an exit way. Probably rolled out of the stadium. A three-run Ozuna blast. And Atlanta takes a 3-0 lead. It's the 1-1. A ground ball at the third. Go to second. There's one on the first. Double play. Another double play. That summed up the Yankee night, that ground ball. Oh, Judge grounds into a 5-4-3 double play. Nothing across for the Yanks. Now, the Yankees get one hit, and in four of the nine innings, they ground it into a double play. I mean, I don't think it can win that way. In fact, I'll say it. I know you can't win that way. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports zone guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUSAM1060. Welcome to the Wednesday, August 16th edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and Castlux HD 2 100.7, the 2023 Ravens over or under 10.5 wins, the 2023 Titans over or under 7.5 wins, the Colts, does Anthony Richardson starting week one alter your opinion, season long opinion on them? Meanwhile, the Diamondbacks, what impressed you the most last night? The uh, now 60-60 and 60 Yankees, should Brian Cashman be on the hot seat? And what else caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most imp- informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, we have the introduction of today's pipeline. At 9.15, a 2023 Tennessee Titans overview, not a preview. It's just going to be an overview today with me. I'll offer some observations of factoids 
uh, mainly observations about the Titans. And also uh, in that segment, uh, I'll throw out uh, time pending some general NFL stuff. 9.30 or so to be interactive action, 602-260-1060. And also the local roundup. That included Diamondbacks and Rockies uh, analysis uh, from last night. A little different than Monday night, but quite frankly, those two games in Colorado the last two nights for both teams, Diamondbacks and Rockies, some really, really bad baseball. And in the final segment of the Sports Zone will be the National Roundup, top by from the MLB scoreboard. Then after the Sports Zone from 10 to noon, it's the Extra Point hosted by Kayla. That will include a 2023 Ravens season preview with Luke Jones of WNST in Baltimore. On the pi- onto the pipeline we go. Time for today's Pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. Today's question is the 2023 Baltimore Ravens over or under 10 and a half wins. And Kayla is here and has the early returns. Over 10 and a half wins, sitting at 67% of the vote. Under 10 and a half wins at 33%. Lamar Jackson still has just that one career playoff victory. Uh, doesn't have any excuses now. He got paid five years, $260 million. He also has the best receiver group of his career with the additions of Odell Beckham Jr. and rookie Zay Flowers. Today's Twitter poll question to 2023 Tennessee Titans over or under seven and a half wins. And Kayla, what's happening here? Uh, over seven and a half wins at 60% of the vote, under seven and a half wins, trailing at 40%. The Titans decided to make one more run at the, uh, at least in the AFC South. They kept Ryan Tannehill and his $36 million cap hit. And they also added, uh, they decided not to trade Derrick Henry after some speculation and trade rumors during the offseason. Meanwhile, we previewed the Colts on Monday. On Tuesday, the Colts announced that rookie starting quarterback Anthony Richardson will start week one at Jacksonville. Does the Colts now expected to start Anthony Richardson in week one? Alter your over or under six and a half win opinion for the 2023 season. Meanwhile, on the local front, the Diamondbacks avoided a second consecutive embarrassing night and uh, really, you know, it would have been a terrible disappointment if you lose the first two games of Colorado. Last night, the Diamondbacks trailed 5-3 entering the ninth inning, but they sent nine men to the plate and scored five runs. And then Paul Seawald escaped after he loaded the bases in the bottom of the ninth inning. Turned out to be an 8-5 Diamondbacks victory. What was most impressive about the Diamondbacks' ninth inning comeback at Colorado on Tuesday night? Meanwhile, spanning the globe, the Yankees have hit rock bottom, I think, at least for now they have. The once mighty Yankees are back to 500 in the season, 60 and 60. Same record as the Diamondbacks, by the way. Uh, The Yankees last night managed one hit. They got shut out. They lost 5-0 at Atlanta. Should Yankees, should they at least consider replacing Brian Cashman, general manager Brian Cashman, who has had that position since 1998. Also, in in addition to all these outstanding questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? All right, that's the pipeline for today. We have to all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. 
Anything else in your mind falls into the general discussion category, so whether it is from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM1060 or twitter.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. Coming up next, Corey, we'll have a news update. That'll be followed by a Tennessee Titans overview with me. Uh, in time pending, I'll throw in a couple of other NFL items. Uh, basically, some season win totals will probably go through some of that uh, at the end of the segment, depending on how long I can, you know, basically just you know, kind of do an overview of the Titans to start the season. Uh, so that's what we'll try to do in the next segment. Then once again, at the bottom of the hour, to be phone call time. General discussion, 602-260-1060, plus the local roundup. That'll be topped by the Diamondbacks' ninth inning rally last night in victory at Colorado. And uh, what's actually, what's up with Corbin Carroll? Is he having shoulder problems or is the pitchers figured him out? Teams figured him out. He has not been good for several weeks, especially the last few games, but uh, a big decline from what we saw earlier in this season. Interact with Bob Kemp's poll question on KDUS1060.com. That's KDUS1060.com. And while you're there, check out Bob Kemp's bottom line at KDUS1060.com. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Castlex HD2 100.7. You're home of the Dan Patrick Show, live Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. We were scheduled to be joining this segment for a Tennessee Titans preview with Mike Suss of the Tennessean, but the Titans this morning changed their coach and player availability, and Mike will not be able to join us today. So right now I'll offer... A preview, uh, you know, overview is more of an accurate description, an overview of the Titans. The Titans made three consecutive playoff appearances before last season. Last year was a disaster. Uh, certainly by recent standards, it was a disaster for them. Seven and ten, no playoffs. They ended the season on a seven-game losing streak. The Titans had decisions to make this offseason. Uh, and uh, starting with Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry, they decided to keep both of them, uh, which signifies at least the Titans organization, they believe that they can make another run at least in the AFC South. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that. They, they obviously kept their two biggest, you know, those are their two biggest reasons individually, uh, Tannehill and Henry, that they did reach the playoffs for the previous three seasons before yes, last year's uh, excuse me, last year's disaster. However, the Titans did make some moves to the future. They did draft quarterback Will Levis. Uh, that, uh, he, he fell into the second round for whatever reason. Either all the draft Knicks just overrated him. Uh, there was speculation that he might have fell because of some kind of shoulder thing. For whatever reason, he fell into the second round and they actually traded up to take him. They also drafted uh, two-lane running back 
You had Ty G. Spears, who I really liked during the season last year at Tulane. He was a third-round pick. So it appears that Levis and Spears, whenever, are the heir apparents to uh, Tannehill and Henry. Meanwhile, it probably doesn't really matter who the quarterback and running back are if the offensive line doesn't improve. The Titans, in large part because of age and injury, they went from a top offensive line group in the league for a few years to average at best last season. In fact, most people, I'm guessing, would probably say that they were below average last season. Adding to the issues uh, was last season, few teams, if any, had worse receiver play than the Titans. They finished 30th in passing yards. Now, part of that is that Tannehill missed time, but the receiving group was not good. Of course, that came after they traded A.J. Brown to the Eagles. That was obviously a disaster for Tennessee and great for the Eagles. Uh, you know, his pro- you know, Brown's projected replacement uh, was uh, Traylon Burks, uh, who was bad. Because of injury, uh, he missed time. In fact, he missed time starting last offseason. And then he had he wasn't efficient when he actually was healthy enough to play during the season a year ago. Uh, he had non non-productive is probably the best way to kind of judge his season. He ended up with 33 catches for the year and one touchdown. Now, you know, th- those are the reasons that the Titans this summer went out and added former Cardinal DeAndre Hopkins who will start the season as the clear number one number number one receiver on this team. However, how much does Hopkins have left in the tank? The, he didn't get much money, or he probably didn't get as much money as he thought he was going to get around the league or as many offers. There's no doubt he didn't get as many offers. So like a lot of teams questioning his, you know, what it's, what's he got left. He's been hurt some, at least in the last couple of years. Of course, he had the suspension for the Cardinals to start the last season. Um, in addition to that, uh, he never practices, and that's been going on for years since he was even in Houston. Never is uh, you know too strong of a term for me. So he certainly d- does not practice as much as most players in the league. To be that, that may be kind of going the other way overboard, but he's not out there often as far as even practicing in his heyday, quite frankly. So all of the, all those things are legitimate reasons why Hopkins was at least available to sign with the, uh, the, the uh, Titans. And also one of the reasons he ended up signing with the Titans is because when he uh, with the with the Titans because we play with the Texans, Mike Vrabel is an assistant coach there, and uh, they you know they have a there's a familiar you know you know, you know be, between those two there's you know familiar, familiarity not not my favorite word to say. Uh, certainly existed. Meanwhile, if the Titans make a run this season in the AFC South, it's going to be because of their defense, which was first in the NFL last season in rushing yards allowed, 13th in scoring defense. And those are really pretty impressive and amazing good numbers considering the offense frequently put the defense in bad positions and uh, the defense was on the field for way too long in several games a year ago. Interior defensive lineman Jeffrey Simmons, he is the biggest reason the Titans' defense was so good. Few, if any, in fact, if I really just, you know, I'm not the most, you know, probably not the best critic on defensive line play, 
and I didn't watch every down from the Titans last year, thankfully. But I don't think there's a defensive lineman in the NFL that made more impact plays than Simmons did a year ago. He was dominant. Uh, He's now joining the defensive line, or once again joined the defensive line by D'Amico Autry, uh, who was uh, added before last season. And he, he was excellent in 2022. This defense could be even better if outside linebacker Harold Landry successfully returns from injury. Landry, who got a contract extension after a really good 2021, uh, he suffered, unfortunately, for him and the Titans, a torn ACL just before the start of last season, but he's expected to be back and ready to go this season. Meanwhile, that defensive front, no question, among the best in the NFL. But the linebackers and secondary, there are multiple questions except for safety Kevin Byard, uh, who is one of the best in the position, one of the best in the league at his position. The rest of the secondary was bad in 2022. In fact, the Titans allowed the most passing yards in the NFL per game last year, 275 yards per game, which is not you know, their last in the whole league, but that's even more alarming if you consider the fact that this was a division not exactly dominated by good quarterback play. In fact, I think you can say, other than Trevor Lawrence, for much of the season, now Lawrence had some really bad games last year too, but for the much most of the season, this was a you know quarterback. There was a division that quarterback play was uh, not good. In fact, I think you can make a case that this division actually had the worst quarterback play of any division in the NFL last year. Meanwhile, special teams-wise, uh, they, they, they were they were usually pretty good during that playoff run. Remember, three three uh, three straight years in the playoffs, you know, 2019, 2020, 2021. Last year, inconsistent at best, and there are major questions about their special teams heading into this year. As far as the Titans' schedule goes, they have a brutal first four games. Uh, they play at New Orleans in the opener. Uh, then they get a home game against the Chargers. They go to Cleveland. Not sure what we're going to get out of that, but that could be a you know, tricky game. Plus, it's a road game at Cleveland. At least it's not in, you know, late, late in the season. Yeah. You don't think in September it's going to be cold in Cleveland, but you never know. But the wind could you know, the wind is an option every day in Cleveland, no matter what time of the year. And then the fourth game to start the season is home against Cincinnati. So once again, to repeat, their first four games at New Orleans, home against the Chargers, at Cleveland, and then Cincinnati. Later in the season, they have a stretch of three consecutive road games from November 2nd through the 19th. And this is not just three straight road games, but it starts on a Thursday night at Pittsburgh. And as we've said, and many people and most people have realized over the years, that road team playing on the Thursday night is usually at this disadvantage unless they just have a massive talent edge. So that the, the three-game road stretch and or three games in a row starts at Pittsburgh on a Thursday night. They go to Tampa, which isn't the roughest thing in the world, most likely. And then they stay in Florida, and they're at, ten, at Jacksonville. I doubt if they're going to travel back and forth because it's not exactly a you – know, they're not going from you know one coast to the next. They're just going a couple states south. Uh, from Tennessee to Florida. 
But uh, that's three straight road games. If they can survive the first part of the season, or really most of the season, they do have three of the last four games of the season at home. And actually, three of their last four games, two of them are against Houston. Uh, they play Houston at home, Seattle at home. They go to Houston. That's the only road game they play in the last four. And then they end the season uh, at home. I have Cincinnati written down here, but that can't be right. Uh, so I apologize for that. But, uh, you know, they do have a, you know, a stretch at home. You know, they end the season with three out of four at home. So that could be okay. So seven and a half over under. Uh, well, I really want to go over on this team, but uh, we'll uh, get into that a little later on during the extra point. As I mentioned, uh, that's kind of just an overview for right now. We're actually going to have more in the Titans on Friday at around 11.15 with Mike Suss from the Tennessean, who was unable to join us in this particular segment. But we'll uh, kind of reportedly we'll catch up with Mike on, uh, on uh, Friday at uh, 11.15. All right, just quickly, here are some over-under totals. I'm just stealing this from FoxSports.com uh, as opposed to the consensus Las Vegas numbers, which I usually use. Uh, one of the reasons I use this is, well, two reasons. One, uh, I kind of had to do a little makeshift segment here uh, because of our schedule change. But also, this was also the first website that I found with this. And they also have their, the season win totals from you know, their uh, their Fox Sports bet thing, in the order of wins, you know most wins to the least. So there are uh, three teams sitting at 11 and a half wins according to their you know FoxSports.com. They have the Bengals, the Chiefs, and the Eagles. They're all at 11 and a half. Teams at 10 and a half wins are the uh, Baltimore Ravens, who will preview in the uh, during the extra point hosted by Kayla, uh, Buffalo. Also at 10.5 win, uh, wins would be the San Francisco 49ers. 9.5 wins, the Cleveland Browns, uh, which surprised me a little bit. They only won seven last year, but you know the Deshaun Watson thing, who I'm told looked good over the weekend in his first preseason game uh, when he got to play, uh, and he's looked good in camp supposedly. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys also at 9.5 wins. Detroit sitting at nine and a half wins. Jacksonville at nine and a half wins. Uh, and then other teams at nine and a half wins. The Los Angeles Chargers, the Miami Dolphins, the New Orleans Saints, who I uh, think have the easiest schedule in the NFL, in my opinion. And the, uh, the New York Jets also at nine and a half wins. Eight and a half wins. The Atlanta Falcons, the Denver Broncos, a seven and a half wins would be the uh, New England Patriots, the New York Giants, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, actually, I got they kind of messed up the order here. Sorry, my bad. Steelers and and Seahawks are also eight and a half wins. So my bad. Uh, so back to the seven and a half wins thing. Uh, the Patriots at sitting at seven and a half. Seattle at seven and a half. Carolina at seven and a half. The Chicago Bears at seven and a half, Green Bay at seven and a half, and the Tennessee Titans at seven and a half. Six and a half wins would be the Houston Texans, the Indianapolis Colts, the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, Los Angeles Rams, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and uh, Washington Commanders, and the Arizona Cardinals. Last in the list here, and they're at four and a half wins, which is two fewer wins than any team in the NFL according to the foxsportsbet.com and the foxsports.com website. 
All right, next segment. Um, it'll be phone call time if you want to jump aboard. Good time for phone calls. I could use a little break here. <laughs> so 602-260-1060. Also today's local roundup. General discussion in the next segment if you want to jump aboard. 602-260-1060. Also the local roundup. That will include the Diamondbacks uh, rebounding from the Monday night disaster. And they uh, at Colorado with a ninth inning rally to win last night at Colorado. And uh, a little later in the hour, we will have the uh, National Roundup. That will include some baseball from last night and uh, a few notes uh, from, well, from the wire and uh, some personnel notes around uh, the world of sports. Plus, time pending, we'll get to some uh, you know, odds for today's Major League Baseball action. Hopefully it's action. Last night was kind of a slow night in Major League Baseball, quite frankly. You're listening to Sports with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Kesslux HD 2 100.7. Every Monday night, check out Ray Adams as he hosts the Monday Night Golf and Lifestyle Show from 6 to 7 p.m. here on KDUS AM 1060. It's time for today's local roundup. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD 2 100.7. In addition to the local roundup, it is phone call time, and we have more time than usual. Yesterday, we had almost no time in this segment, so... Hopefully to make up for that, if you want to get in right now, you can. 602-260-1060. And it is general discussion. And as I mentioned, we have a lot of extra time today in this segment, more than usual. All right, on to today's local roundup. And the Diamondbacks avoided disaster for a second consecutive night at Colorado. Arizona, after scoring five runs in the top of the ninth inning, won 8-5, which puts Arizona back at 500 for the season, 60-60. and 60. Same record as those struggling Yankees, by the way, 60 and 60. Meanwhile, last night, the Diamondbacks entered the ninth inning trailing 5 to 3, but they sent nine to the plate in that five run inning, uh, which included hits from pinch hitter Alec Thomas, who I don't understand is not playing in Colorado. I mean, it's uh, amazing that they were able to get away with Lourdes Gurriello Jr. playing left field and Tommy Pham playing right field. Those are two not good outfielders, and that's a huge outfield to kind of cover ground. Corbin Carroll had to basically play three positions in center field last night. But anyway, they got Alex Thomas. Alex Thomas had a pinch hit, you know, you know, single to start that inning. They also got hits in the inning from Perdomo, Marte, Tommy Pham, Guriel Jr., and also even Jace Peterson got a hit in that ninth inning. Paul Sewald. He did collect his third save in four days, but only after he loaded the bases, after allowing three hits to the first four hitters of the inning. Uh, he did manage to get the final two outs, did not allow a run unscathed, so he gets that third save in four days. Tori Lavello, a curious starting pitching decision last night, and it worked. Uh, in fact, I thought after Joe Mantiply's performance on Monday night that he might either be back in Reno for, I believe, the third time this year, or actually thought that Mantiply might be designated for assignment uh, yesterday before last night's game. Now, if you go back to Monday night, he failed to retire any of the three hitters that he faced in the eighth inning in that game when the Diamondbacks led 4-2. to uh, All those runs scored. He was a losing pitcher on Monday night. 
But Lavello, instead, without an available starting pitcher, started Mantiply on Tuesday, and he retired the three hitters in that first inning that he didn't get any outs against on the night on Monday night, the previous game. So he got through that. The so-called bulk reliever uh, last night was former number one overall pick for the Diamondbacks. Not overall pick, but their number one draft pick that uh, in 2021. Uh, Bryce Jarvis. And uh, yeah, he, he was good. Uh, he was very good. Uh, considering, you know, I'm sure he was nervous and so forth. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, he pitched innings through, uh, two through four. Uh, he allowed just one run, uh, you know, gave up a hit and a walk. He had three strikeouts. He was good, and he certainly put them in position to win the game. However, uh, they were trailing in the ninth inning because also relief pitcher Luis Frias who has been mostly not good in his Diamondbacks career. He's been up and down two or three times in the last couple of years. He just can't throw strikes with any consistency. Uh, last night, that his location and command was atrocious. He allowed three runs in an inning and a third last night. And after he left the mound, the Diamondbacks were trailing and in position to lose a second straight game at Colorado. Away from the pitching thing. Corbin Carroll just continues to struggle. Hopefully, uh, this is not his previously injured shoulder playing a role, but after Carroll went one for four last night, he's now down to 269 in the season. He is nine for his last 58 at-bats. Carroll, in July, hit just 250, four homers, 14 runs batted in, and in those, you know, in that month of July, he had 91 plate appearances for the just the four homers and 14 runs batted in and 250 batting average. It's been worse this month, obviously. You know, when you're currently nine for 58 and we're still sitting in the middle of August, it's been not good for him at all this particular month. So hopefully, he's not physically injured. I don't think the pitchers in opposing, you know teams have figured him out that much so I'm, I'm i'm curious you know he had the shoulder thing you know a couple years ago he had shoulder surgery and had to end his season after the first game of the minor league season then he's had the you know a couple times this year you know he's had problems with a swing and a miss and he's had you know that that same shoulder has been the problem there's been a couple of times you know, they've made a big deal how he's kind of changed his back grip and follow through etc I'm just hoping that this isn't something that is going to, you know, it's, you know, hopefully it's not a long-term thing. But clearly, he really has not been anywhere near what he was in you know, March, short period of March, April, uh, May, and June. That you know, he was in the you know, last couple of months since July 1st, not even close to that level. He was a surefire rookie of the year. I think he's probably still the rookie of the year because it's not exactly, uh, you know, the rookie of the year candidates in the National League are not exactly overwhelming. Uh, so uh, we'll see what happens with that. And some of the guys that were hot, like, uh, you know, L.A. De La Cruz for the Reds and whatever, I mean, he's been terrible uh, for several weeks now. Uh, so he's not going to you know, overtake Carroll and be the rookie of the year. Some people were speculating might happen, at least during the All-Star break. All right, so up next for the Diamondbacks, uh, the Diamondbacks and Rockies thankfully conclude their three-game series today. I say thankfully 
because this has been some awful baseball, quite frankly, the last two days of Colorado from both teams. You know, Colorado threw the ball over the yard yesterday, and the Diamondbacks' lack of uh, situational hitting until that ninth inning last night really uh, for weeks has been amongst the worst in baseball. Uh, so, uh, quite frankly, as somebody that's a you know, fan of the game and the game and the sport and the way it should be played, uh, you know, it's really difficult to watch these two teams play right now because, quite frankly, neither of them are playing particularly well. I mean, the Rockies are now down to back to 25 games under 500, their worst you know, mark of the season. The Diamondbacks are you know, just lucky to win a game against anybody at this point quite frankly. And that's been the case for you know, a few weeks now. So they conclude the series today. Starts at 12-10. First pitch today at 12-10. Starting pitcher Slade Ciccone uh, makes his second start at the Major League level for the Diamondbacks. Austin Gomber, who was supposed to be the key piece of the uh, Nolan Arenado trade for Colorado. You know, Gomber was a heralded prospect and showed some promise in St. Louis. He's been not good. Nine and nine this season. Uh, if they didn't have a million starting pitching injuries, I can't imagine that Gomber would still be in the starting rotation in Colorado, but he is. They just don't have any alternatives, quite frankly. He's nine and nine with a 533 earned run average. That earned run average is always going to be somewhat inflated pitching in Colorado, but he's not a good pitcher. So we'll see how this goes. Left handed pitcher. Uh, the Diamondbacks have had. I, you know, they've kind of fluctuated success-wise against left-handed starting pitchers this year. So, And then lately, they haven't been good against lefties or righties, quite frankly. So we'll see what happens today. So as far as the updated wild card standings, you know, the, obviously the division leaders remain Atlanta, Los Angeles, and Milwaukee. Milwaukee losing last night against the Dodgers in Los Angeles. Uh, but Atlanta sitting at 42 losses. The Dodgers are only four games behind Atlanta now as far as the loss column goes. And uh, that was, you know, that, I don't know what the biggest lead was. I'm guessing that that lead was at least 10 games at one point. So that's now down to four games. Uh, the Milwaukee Brewers sitting at 55 losses. They're certainly not in contention to be the number one seed during the postseason unless they, like, win out from here on out. And, and I predict that does not happen. Uh, but uh, Milwaukee's sitting at 55 losses at this point. As far as the wild card teams, the teams that are currently in the wild card, the three teams are Philadelphia, which is 65 and 55, the San Francisco Giants, which did win last night, but the Giants have lost seven out of their last 10 games, the Giants sitting at 64 and 56, and then the uh, Florida Marlins, who which uh, they lost last night to Houston. Uh, they they kind of, uh, not kind of, they imploded. The Marlins did in the ninth, eighth and ninth innings last night. Uh, the Marlins sitting with the 58 losses right now. Uh, the Cubs and the Reds both lost last night. Uh, so the Cubs sitting at 58 losses, Cincinnati at 59, and then next would be the Diamondbacks, who did gain a game last night, at least on those two teams with their victory. The Diamondbacks, as I mentioned, sitting at 60 and 60 for the season so that's where they stack up right now in the wild card picture all right coming up next we'll have a news update with Corey. that'll be followed by the conclusion of today's sports zone with the national roundup that'll include from some uh, some from the scoreboard from last night we'll also in the next segment 
get to a few things uh, as far as uh, the national scene goes, including uh, some uh, a few NFL notes, a couple of baseball notes, and then time pending, we'll get to some of the baseball point uh, the, uh, the the prices and uh, the lines for to some of today's action, including the Diamondbacks game this afternoon. Also, don't forget the extra point coming up in the next two hours, hosted by Kayla. That will include a Baltimore Ravens preview with our longtime Ravens guy, Luke Jones from WNST in Baltimore. Interesting questions. And Ravens had an injury that uh, was uh, revealed this morning, which could affect the, certainly the start of their season. And uh, maybe long term, depending on how long the injury is. I'll tease you on that one until we get to the extra, the, uh, that segment in the next hour. HD Radio is here for KDUS AM 1060. Check out your favorite shows and games on 100.7 KSLX HD2. It's time for today's National Roundup. Welcome back. Final segment of today's Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD2 100.7. On to the MLB scoreboard from last night. The Dodgers machine just rolls on. Rookie Bobby Miller tossed six shutout innings. Uh, excuse me, tossed six innings of one run ball. Almost shutout innings. And the Dodgers uh, won again. They've now won nine straight games. They beat the Brewers 6-2. to two. Uh, That was a matchup of NL division leaders, of course. The NL West leading Dodgers, um, you know, they actually uh, – yeah, they remember they won 12 in a row uh, last year, but this is their longest winning streak this year. They're 13 and one this month, the Dodgers. They're now a season best, 26 games over 500 for the season, sitting at 72 and 56. Uh, Miller last night, the rookie, getting better. He's had a couple of shaky starts, but he's gotten better here. Uh, last night he allowed one hit. His, that was actually his first win since July the 22nd. The Dodgers have actually won six of his last seven starts, however. Meanwhile, the right-hander struck out four and walked one. Tonight, scheduled to be a matchup of left-handers, Wade Miley, former Diamondback, 6-2 and two with a 290-year run average. Win healthy, which hasn't been all that often, quite frankly, this season for Milwaukee. But win healthy, he's been a very, very effective. Uh, he starts for the Brewers against Clayton Kershaw who is making his second start coming off the injured list. He was really impressive in the first start. They had an innings limit on him or pitch count or both, uh, so he didn't pitch deep into that first game. But on Kershaw on the season, 10-4, and four, the 250 earned run average. And uh, obviously he came out fine after that first start back after missing about a month with uh, after his shoulder was barking, if I remember the correct term that he used. Uh, before, right when he went on the injured list. But uh, he looked good the other night. So we'll see how this goes from here on out the rest of the season. The good news is, you know, in a weird way, usually I don't say it's a good news when a, a pitcher has a shoulder problem. But for him, it wasn't a back thing, which has been kind of a chronic thing for several years. The Giants also won last night. Tyro Estrada is a very important player for them, and he's been out for much of the season because of injury. He's back again. Yeah, he uh, homer with one out in the sixth inning to break a scoreless tie at that point. Wilmer Flores, former Diamondback, uh, it's a former few other teams too. Uh, he had a uh, he basically he drove in three runs, and the Giants uh, came alive on offense, which has not happened lately. And they beat the Rays 7-0 last night. 
Jacob Junis, another opener for the Giants. They've gotten uh, more mileage out of their uh, bullpen. They've also made more bullpen moves than any team in Major League Baseball as a result. Guys coming up and down all the time, depending on how much they're used the night before. Uh, but Joe, uh, Junis struck out seven over four scoreless innings in his opener uh, you know, role yesterday. Sean Manaya, who's been often the bulk guy for a lot of these openers, uh, he is now four and three in the season. He struck out five. He allowed one hit over three and a third scoreless innings to get that win. Meanwhile, the Rangers and uh, one of their trade deadline additions beat the Angels. And the Angels, one of their trade deadline additions, didn't pan out again. Last night for the uh, Rangers, Corey Seager homered twice. Drove in five runs as the first place uh, you know, Rangers destroyed the slumping Angels 7-3. to three. Uh, Texas is now 16-2 and two in games that Seager has played since the All-Star break. They were 3-6 and six during a stretch in which he was out with his sprained thumb. Seager has seven homers and 15 runs batted in in 11 games since he came off the injured list. That was on August the 2nd. He has uh, 22 homers and 73 runs batted in this season and hitting 350. Remember, he's been on the injured list twice, and he's still been able to do that. Uh, he would lead the American League by a wide margin uh, in uh, batting average had he had enough, if he had enough bats to qualify for the batting title. Uh, he missed he's missed 31 games in those two injured stints because of uh, a left hamstring strain and also the uh, thumb injury when he foolishly slid headfirst into second base. Meanwhile, Jordan Montgomery, the trade addition that I talked about on the good side, uh, he won again last night. Uh, you know, he struck out nine last night, didn't walk anybody. So one of those good Jordan Montgomery starts. And uh, he went again for the Rangers. He's now uh, you know, three and zero with the Rangers. Um, actually, they're three and zero in his starts with the Rangers. Uh, he has a 290 run average since he was traded to a 250 run average, excuse me, since he's been traded to Texas. Meanwhile, it was another bad start for Lucas Giolito. This has been just a disaster uh, for the uh, for the uh, for the Angels, as has pretty much everything for several years. Not surprisingly to me, but apparently surprisingly to some others. Uh, but Giolito last night allowed four runs. He uh, did throw a season high 110 pitches, which I don't think is necessarily a good thing because he did that over. He had to go six innings and. You know, he went through 110 pitches, but uh, another loss for Giolito. The Angels now 3-11 and in August. Since the trade deadline, they're three games, above, uh, three games under 500 for the first time this entire season. Uh, they're eight games behind the AL's final wild card spot now, and they've got three teams between them and that final wild card spot, so they're done. Uh, one note, uh, Rangers all-star right-handed pitcher Nathan Evaldi, uh, who's been uh, out with a right forearm strain, said he felt good after he threw a second bullpen session in four days. Uh, he hasn't, hasn't pitched a, pitch a game, actually, since, uh, you know, he's had one start, excuse me, uh, since the All-Star break. That was on July the 18th. All right, some other quick notes here. Uh, Cowboys linebacker Micah, Micah Parsons uh, missed the final 11 plays of a you know, first-team red zone work. Uh, yesterday he was kicked uh, on a, in the calf on a, on a play. He says that he's okay. We'll see if there's a little more on that today. 
Meanwhile, Dalvin Cook, they signed him, the Jets being they, uh, on uh, Monday. And yesterday, Brees Hall was actually uh, activated from the pup list and returned uh, to the uh, practice field for the first time this year. In fact, the first time he's done anything practice-wise since he tore his ACL, which was week seven of the 2022 season. Meanwhile, the Philadelphia Eagles reportedly will be without one of their best defensive players uh, for at least a little while. In fact, there's conflicting reports here about Hassan Reddick, whether he's going to, he has a thumb injury. You know, one report indicated it wasn't as serious as they thought. Another report yesterday indicated that he might and probably will miss week one. So check your local listings and try to figure out which which insider in the NFL you actually believe in. And lastly, as far as the NFL is concerned, Vikings wide receiver Justin Jefferson wants a contract extension before week one. That was reported by Adam Schefter last night on ESPN. All right, that's it for the Sports Zone for today. Stay tuned. The Extra Points coming up next, hosted by Kayla. That'll include a Ravens preview with Luke Jones of WNST in Baltimore. We'll also have more phone call time, 602-260-1060. This has been the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp. Thanks for listening.